0: Hey guys, this is Locked and Loaded JDM, hosted by J. Clay, yours truly. Sharing my passion of JDM cars, gaming, and anime. I just wanted to be able to bring a different kind of perspective from Toronto in terms of JDM culture and lifestyle. So hope you enjoy. This is uh, Jamal, a.k.a. J. Clay from Locked and Loaded and JDM, your host. Um, and I just wanted to give a little intro on uh, this next episode. I uh, actually had my friend, Mike, on the line, and uh, we basically needed to redo this actual podcast because uh, the original one we did wasn't uh, going through so well on uh, using my desktop. So but that's all good. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we basically went. To talk about a little adventure that we had over at uh, right drive a uh, importer of jdm vehicles as well as other vehicles and um all the things we got to see there at the time and uh, it was pretty awesome and uh, also we got uh kind of the quote unquote um menial interview with uh, mike in terms of uh, his jdm life and jdm experiences and uh You know, I'm I'm sure you guys would love to hear about that. So stay tuned and uh, I'll have more episodes out as soon as I can. (laughs) Take care, guys. Hey, Mike, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. That's great, man. Uh, Glad everything's kind of working right now, (laughs) given the fact of the issues we had last time.
1: Well, just now it took about a few minutes to get in as well. I tried a few times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's loading. kind of annoying. But...
1: It was just loading. It wasn't um uh, going through until now.
0: Okay, well, you know, we take the small wins where we can, right?
1: Yeah, good point. Yeah. I agree.
0: Well, first thing I wanted to say again to you, man, is uh, Happy Chinese New Year.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate that.
0: I want to ask, actually, how was the food?
1: (laughs) Food is amazing. Food is amazing, as always. Yeah, Yeah, I always look forward to that uh, when I go home uh, for Chinese New Year's, you know? It's always good food and good family time.
0: I'm sure it is, man. And, uh, you know, just especially during, you know, COVID and everything. Just the ability to, you know, see some family. Because people need people, right? Especially family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. You know, if you don't live with them, which we don't, it's always nice to, um, you know, find those moments we can spend time with them and appreciate, uh, you know, uh, the quality time.
0: Yeah, I actually did have a question for you because I've never really asked or researched it uh, personally, um, because I noticed that a lot of um, uh, East Asian cultures, like they celebrate um, Chinese New Year as well, like, like Japanese, Vietnamese. What like what is the connection that everyone celebrates the same uh, New Year? Well,
1: the, no, the Chinese, um, you know, we celebrate Chinese New Year because that's what we call it there. But it's actually a like Lunar New Year is like the term that the, the other cultures use, you know, um, Vietnamese and uh, Japanese and Korean, and so forth. So it's. Um, the same idea, same time, like all, all around the same time of year, we all celebrate um, our new year. You mm-hmm. know? It's just referred to as uh, a little differently based on the culture that uh, you're from. Because again, every culture is somewhat of a descendant from Chinese culture. Yeah. You know? So it, it shares some similar values. But again, food and and the preparation and the uh, you know celebration is a lot different between all different cultures
0: okay okay okay. that's that's interesting man because yeah as i said um i've noticed several friends and people i follow on uh on instagram or other other uh like social media i see them posting things and i was just like oh okay um i didn't realize that you know they they also celebrate it and i didn't know if well like what were the intricacies and like differences or similarities in regards to it but you're, you're right I, I I know I'm I'm a uh, very basic novice in terms of the, my knowledge I'm quite ignorant in regards to it but yeah like i've seen several movies and and animes and stuff like that uh, indicating like China China being the mainland so everyone as you said mainly descended from China right
1: yeah exactly it's it's pretty much how it is there' same with languages you know everything kind of like you um spawned off of uh you know chinese language and then they develop their own language but there is some in- intricacies between all languages involved you know so it's always a starting point and uh, and you know evolution over time yeah
0: and and when you speak of languages i think uh, linguistics have always kind of interested me specific ones in east asian culture and the fact that you um speak chinese like honestly even if it, uh, whatever degree you do it, I, I honestly find it fascinating, man. It's I've, I've always wanted to learn another language, and I find it so difficult to like stay on track with doing so. So for the fact that you can, I, man, it's it's amazing to me.
1: Yeah, I was. You were on track a bit uh, speaking Japanese, right? I thought you were going to learn that one, but uh, especially if you moved there, um, you would have learned that. I think within six months to a year, you would have been pretty fluent. I think so. I think that was one language. I thought you were going to be able to uh, um, learn pretty well, given given your interests and in anime and and JDM cars and and um.
0: I I, you I, appreciate, that. You in <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's still on my uh. I have like a when you came over. I don't know if you noticed. I have like a whiteboard, so it's like kind of like my vision slash plan board. So
1: what in the basement? Yeah, yeah
0: it? it's in the basement. It's like literally right beside me right now. And um, Japanese and Spanish is on there. I do need to learn it. and I just need to be tenacious about it and disciplined, you know?
1: Well, you have Cynthia to help you with the Spanish, right? <laughs> just that uh, with the Japanese, you know, it's... it's unless you're going to be watching a lot of anime and things like that or taking actual Japanese lessons, you know, language lessons, then... Um, you already have you already have a, a somewhat of a base of the the tongue of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you learning it um, the intricacies and the um, the expert level. I think you'll get used to it uh, as long as you're exposed to it more often and, and consistently. Yeah,
0: and that's what exactly what I want. Um, but yeah, um, so since our last podcast kind of got messed up, I guess we'll uh, kind of carry on, uh, like do a, a revisit of that. Um, so just for some background, uh, we you know, Mike and I went to um, uh, basically start my GTR dream car journey uh, by just looking at uh, some cars locally in Ontario and um, not too far from where uh, both of us live. We went to Wright uh, Drive, um, a importer that imports JDM vehicles as well as an assortment of other vehicles. But uh, mainly JDM vehicles, and uh, to see what they had, and it was quite a treat to go there. We got to see quite a few vehicles, um, and and being the first one, being uh, the JDM legend, the uh, Nissan two thousand two Nissan Skyline GTR thirty four M Spec Nor. it was a uh, quite an experience, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, I'm like we. We've always seen them on the roads and in the streets and everything. I've never personally ever really been up that close to one before, um, especially one that clean, right? That one was the M Spec one was clean, and uh, it was it was something that uh, I'll never forget for sure.
0: Yeah, man. Honestly, uh, I completely agree with you. It was very clean. You could tell. Um, I'm pretty sure um, either the owner who had it previously in Japan either took really good care of it and And let's be honest, a lot of, sometimes they don't drive it for a long time because, you know, public transit and all, or just not any time to drive it because, um, Japan, they, they, they work a lot there. Um, they, they actually, I think are one of the very few cultures that actually have, um, from what I've learned a term for, um, unfortunately passing away from overworking. So, So a lot of the times, a lot of people don't get to drive them, which is the reason why a lot of them were, uh have low mileage the ones we we, we saw had about ninety seven thousand, so had a bit of mileage on there not not extremely high um uh, but a, a, a bit of mileage and I, I personally think that and this is just my personal opinion that uh some of those parts were restored on that car uh, what do you think
1: yeah definitely i agree yeah i remember we saw the uh the the seats, the back seat was restored. It's still in original plastic. Even the front seats front seats I think as well, possibly, because those look brand new. Um, you know, and the um you know that multimedia gauge that they have, that looked brand new as well. Remember how I had this, the, the sticker still on there. Yeah. It's the original plastic. plastic. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I think some of those, uh, I guess the touching points, the spots that would wear out over over time were replaced because I guess that was the most noticeable areas that people look at when you're looking at uh, used cars mm-hmm. right, for wear and tear. Um, but the rear valence was still intact, the OEM rear valence. Um, same with the you know, OEM exhaust. So you can tell most of it was still original if not original OEM parts were replaced by it. But uh, It's nice to see one that's not Modified or heavily modified, you know. So it's a it's a good buy if you're looking for a completely stock, you know, JDM um, right-hand drive uh, Skyline GTR 34 MSPEC Nur, right?
0: Hands down. Um, I completely agree. Uh, It is a good buy if uh, the prices were right, (laughs) which uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but it was uh it was great to be able to see that, and then. Also, just going into the back, because given the fact that the prices of R34s right now, I I, I wanted to see them, but I I knew they were kind of out of reach at this current time in in terms of uh, financial feasibility. Um, But it was good to go and see what we actually uh, went there to see, which was um, the white uh, R33 GTR. That was nice. I I know you... uh, that, that kind of holds, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a special place in your heart, because <laughs> I know you love Zankees. I know you love
1: Yeah, I like the, you're right. Uh, it, it is a Zankees of uh, the GTRs, I guess, the middle the middle child between the R34 and R32s. Um, so I always had a soft spot for the, the GTR 33s, which I still do. I like how, longer, how much longer they are than the R34s and 32s. I like the headlights. Um, you know just the overall look of it there so yeah it was nice to see that one and that was a nice one too a very clean one we saw right it was completely stock and it was all original apparently with low kilometers so it was a nice it's a nice 33 to see um you know firsthand for the first time ever
0: yeah it was it, um majority of it was stock i did notice some things it could have been just a sticker uh but uh but. not a lot of Uh, Japs, uh, I I know, would would put certain things on their cars without, you know, having some sort of piece on the car that um, is relevant to it. Because I I didn't remember I said it had this bail side kind of badge inside. And it also.
1: Yeah, inside. Yeah. On the dash. Yeah. I saw that, too.
0: Yeah. And it also also had um, either um, EBC, uh, electronic boost controller or um, a turbo timer. I know it had that on top of the uh, steering steering wheel as well.
1: Okay, yeah, but then again, that's not really a modification. It's just more of an accessory to help you mo- monitor the uh, the turbos and, and so forth. So, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. You, you, you definitely gotta expect those uh, little things. You know, it helps better manage the vehicle. Because again, the 33 has never had that uh, multi-information display. Sorry, I forgot what it's called with the, with the uh, multi-function so gauge. So yeah, can, Function gauge. multi-function gauge. Yeah, you're right. So I guess it's you got you gotta you know use other means to uh, to monitor the turbos and and uh, so forth, so um, yeah, I'm not surprised to see that there, but other than that, I think the exhaust and everything else is pretty much original, even the rims, yeah, the wheels are all original and so forth, right?
0: You're right. Um, the only thing I, I think it did have as in terms of a, um, an engine modification, which is something that, as you mentioned, that you kind of expect to have, and it's, it's kind of the, the the way we were trying to build our cars as well, which is kind of the OEM plus um kind of standard right which uh it had um it had i can't remember if it was uh, mushroom um filters but it did have two intakes
1: yeah yeah you're right that's probably the only modification that uh physically that i saw that was on it
0: yeah but it was you're right it was it was super clean and honestly i i I could appreciate it to find a r33 white 95 30000 k you know hopefully 30,000 K <laughs> cause you know, the gauge clusters are easily swapped, but yeah, and it was, it was really nice. Um, uh, maybe you can, you can, uh, kind of go a little further on what other cars we saw.
1: Yeah. We saw a lot of, um, we saw a couple of, uh, you no know, FDs, right. The Mazda arc sevens. Um, that's again, a car that's very, very coveted and, uh, revered during his time in the, uh, the early to mid 90s late 90s right so that rotary engine is always going to be legendary for what it can do um you know with that chassis and that uh, the rear drive layout as well as we saw a couple of um, uh, right-hand drive mark 4 supras that was nice to see as well um, along with what else we see we saw obviously we saw a few r30 well gt well just uh, skyline uh, R34s, uh, GTSTs, right? Was it? GTS-
0: uh, GTTS. GTS,
1: yeah, GTT. GTT, yeah, yeah, you're right. GTTS. Yeah, sorry. So we saw a couple of those. That a lot of them had, you know, the GTR conversions, right? Um, you know, the RB26 motors and the uh, the front end. Um, <clears throat> which one was it? We saw a couple that had the, the um, the front bumper. You said. Oh, the Z tune. Yeah. Z tune. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. You're right. Yeah. So. Uh, those are pretty nice to see. Um, what else did we see there? We saw the
0: uh, another track GTR thirty four, um, yeah. with Autec Autec front lip. I think it. I I, I can't. I, I'm not very familiar with Autec. I actually only learned about this company recently, watching a YouTube video of uh, my friend in Japan uh, doing an a car review of an S fourteen Autec. It actually, the Autec actually. Um, was an aftermarket company that supplied Nissan with aftermarket parts for uh, specific vehicles. So I'm not too sure um, if that the, the the front lip and any other parts that were on that R34 GTR um, were for, were factory uh, aftermarket parts. But yeah, I remember it had a, a black uh, kind of carbon fiber Autec front lip. Um, it had a carbon fiber hood, vented carbon fiber hood. Yeah. Um, and it had some uh, some red, some nice, red, bright red. It was actually red, very, very, very appealing. A um, seat. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, it had some, uh, obviously, because it was a track car, it had a lot of um, gauges to, to monitor um, different, different uh, engine sensors, right? Um,
1: yeah.
0: And, uh, and uh, I think it had, a, it had a, you know, it was actually very surprising and, it's just crazy for the price that those those rims are. A lot of those cars had uh, Volks TE37s.
1: Yes, you're right. Those are some of the best-looking rims on those uh, GTRs, you know?
0: Yeah, I actually saw uh, an advertisement that literally said the one rim that will never get old. That's
1: mm-hmm, true. Yeah, exactly. The the LMGT4s, the, the TE37s, those ones are you know always going to be the some of the best looking rims that uh, will suit any car any body style any any you know drivetrain layout so it never gets old in my opinion as well yeah
0: and then um, we also got to other than sitting in the R33 we got to sit in the R35 because they had an R35 there for sale uh what was your what's your opinion of those actually
1: Oh, there it's, it's it, def- it definitely carries on the the Godzilla, you know, moniker with that, you know, 3.8 twin turbo V6. I've got the name of it. It's it's V I'm not sure if it's VQ anymore, but um
0: uh, you know, VR. uh
1: VR VR, yeah, yeah, you know, VR you know, 38DETT. It's got an incredible engine on it with that all-wheel drive um drivetrain. Um the only thing is, it, it comes with a six-speed, you know, dual-clutch transmission. Um, if, if you want to give up your, you know, manual driving dreams, then you would get that, right? And, and um, obviously, the performance is going to be there. It's one of the quickest vehicles you're ever going to see on the road um, for daily driving, especially, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the the biggest takeaway is uh, it's, it's an 07, right? Was that an 07 or 09
0: one of those? Uh, it was it a 2010, actually.
1: 2010. Oh, 2010. Okay. But it came out in 07. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's part is, of
0: the same generation of, of yeah, the exactly. R35.
1: It's the, exactly. It's at that 35 generation there. The interior is obviously the, the most noticeable part of it in terms of how modern it is compared to all the GTRs that we've seen and we've known from before. Mm-hmm. You know? so you finally have some power bucket seats, you know, you got, you know, pretty much power, everything else in the car. So it's, if you use those things, if you prefer those luxury, you know, touches, then definitely the 35 is going to be mm-hmm. a, a preference that uh, you might, uh, consider over the older, you know, GTRs.
0: Oh, that's actually a good way to segue into, uh, something I wanted to also quickly touch upon with you, um, which is, um, yeah, like the the price of of cars of um, older nineteen nineties and two thousand JDM cars. Um, I'm sure you've noticed it, and we've talked about it like several times over the last, I don't know, six to eight months. Um, the fact that the prices have skyrocketed for all these cars, especially which is the uh, the quote unquote Nissan's holy grail, the G- the GTR, they have gone. Um, I, I like to say above the price of ridiculousness um, yeah. and which is the reason why I've kind of made my, my, uh, my mind sort of up unless I come into some sort of lottery in terms of getting my dream car is probably going to be the R35 because the R34 uh, of course the that's the mo- most well-known of the monikers has gone up above 150 grand Canadian in order in order to afford those kind of cars and I find it it's ridiculous even the one we saw it was originally purchased for 250 grand by some some person in the US because it, it was a 2002 MSpec. and uh, they um, the salesperson that the, uh, over there Darko he, he had no problem saying that it's well worth over 500 now. like uh, which leads me to that question do you personally think these cars are worth the money?
1: Well, not that money. That's an absurd amount of money to spend on um, a car that's not new or that vintage, right? Obviously, you're going to be getting something that's going to be priceless, um, you know, to you and to most others that really know what it's worth and what it's about. Um, But, man, to spend 150 k plus Canadian on a car that's over almost 20 years old now, you know, it's it's going to be hard to swallow that kind of, um, the, you know, bullet. It's,
0: well, yeah, it's especially if, to, uh, uh, especially if, cause uh, let's be honest with you, it, it's, it's a certain demographic that's going to um, be looking towards those cars. And uh, it's a lot of younger, younger people. There are older people, um, older than us, of course. Um, it's just that majority of them is going to be a lot younger crowd, and most of these uh, these uh, people in the in this younger crowd may probably even had the chance to purchase a property yet. So to think to kind of think about owning a car that um, is probably either half or at least a quarter of the price of a of a home is just kind of it's kind of <laughs> as as you said absurd, right? It's just like unless you have like all those those. Um, staples in life house family and everything else taken care of right
1: yeah i think i remember a story you told me about a guy that you met uh, uh regarding i think he has one or two gtrs and he said he asked him how did you what do you do right And he told you that he saved up pretty much every penny he earned to buy the, the, those cars or that car but that's it that was i think in the 60 to 100 80k range right i'm not sure if it was if he paid over
0: 100 yeah right, I, whereas... I i agree i don't think he paid the the value because yeah. he said it's seven to eight years so, so i'm okay. thinking he paid when it was that that amount that uh, range that you spoke of the 60 to 80k range
1: well that's when it's reasonable right that's when you that's understandable that it'd it be in that range but then when you go six figures and then closer to 150k for some right it's 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 become unreachable unattainable for for the the real true enthusiasts and it is the americans that are doing that right they're they're, they're causing most of this price jump uh this astronomical price jump like you said the one we saw the mspec nur model that was purchased by an american right and again they can't legally drive it for 25 years after the uh, model, um, for the model the production so, date, yeah, exactly. So they they're waiting until I think that's the O2 model we saw the unspedner model. They can't drive until twenty twenty seven, and they already bought it from two years ago. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> and then the white one, we the R thirty three we saw that we you went to look at the one that you had interest in again. That was purchased by an American as well, right? That was brought yep. over from from Japan, uh, uh, paid in full by an American who has to wait you know, when was that one? That was 97 model? Oh, that, that,
0: that was a 96, right. either 95 or 96. So you know, I mean, it, it was it,
1: December. Yeah, you said it was December 96. It was a manufacture date. So that person could not even drive until, yeah, exactly, till December of this year, right? So um, to be honest, it's uh, not just the rarity of the vehicle and the, the the exclusivity of it, but it's a lot of the American investors that are buying these and um, before they can even legally drive it, you know, five, 10 years in advance that are causing this. And a lot of times they have deeper pockets, you know, being from most likely SoCal or somewhere around there, you know? And they're the ones mm-hmm. that are footing the bill for these 100K plus GTR 34s that uh, make it impossible for anyone, you know, to uh, to obtain it at a reasonable price that that it was going for maybe two, three, four years ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's quite ridiculous. Um, uh, it's a, it's unfortunate because you know I know there's a lot of a lot of people other than just myself that are just you know su- super skyline GTR enthusiasts, and uh, it just probably is going to be out of reach unless you know if for some reason some some how some way a bubble bursts. But I, I don't really see that happening, unfortunately.
1: No, there's not going to be a um, bubble burst. It's, it's, you know, supply and demand, right? Even the importers, they're all charging similar prices, you know, because of the demand. And if you sell it for anything less than that, it's going to be sold quickly and probably resold again for the amount that you did not want to sell it at. You know what I mean? So it's it's if you want to do your part and try to sell it at a reasonable price, you're going to lose out on X amount of profits if you don't sell it for what is the market's worth for that kind of vehicle yeah. right now, right?
0: No, you're, you're, you're hands down. Absolutely. Right. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> eventually with based on what this, whole also uh, stock and crypto markets doing probably the car, <laughs> people are going to probably, um, be buying those cars for Bitcoin at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. Like, they'll probably trade two or three Bitcoins just for one car. Right. It's it's, that's how much Bitcoin yeah. right now is worth. Like what? 60, I think Canadian dollar or something like 60 grand for one Bitcoin. Now it's, it's, it's amazing how it's jumped. Even in the, yeah. in the past year, year and a half, from what it was.
0: Um. Uh. So uh, I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions. Um. Uh, we're hitting the 25 minute mark, so I know that uh, anchor stops at 30 minutes. So we'll we'll, if need be, we'll just finish the questions off and on another um, segment. So it won't be a problem. I'll just tie it in. But, uh, um, first question. Um, what was your first JDM car, and uh, why did you purchase it? Uh,
1: well, the car that I first ever got was a uh, 1995 Nissan 240SX. Um, it wasn't GDM, it was USDM, but uh, it definitely had the GDM potential that I saw in it, uh, which is why I wanted to get it, you know, especially with the rear drive, front engine layout, a five-speed manual, you know, five, five lug hubs. ABS, you know, all the good stuff that, um, you know, a, a simple engine swap uh, would uh, just give it exactly what it needed, you know, like, that power, right, and that GDM touch, the GDM feel. Uh, so, yeah, so that was my first car, and my first real car that uh, I really got into, you know, I studied that car for for four years before I bought it, and uh, it was just one of those cars that i fell in love with, and I've... I've had two or three of those in my lifetime, all 95 Zenki S14s, right? So I've never had an S13 or an S14 cookie, right? Um, but the next one I really want to get, as you know, is the uh, S15 Sylvia. That's one that uh, I would say as a JDM car, if I can get one of those one day, I would I would definitely go for one of those over anything else.
0: <laughs> I'll say that if I, uh, if I come into enough money, uh, i will both have my gtr and an s15 because i i actually started i've been watching more um s chassis youtube videos and it makes me miss owning my own s chassis as well
1: yeah but yeah.
0: let's actually let's actually uh take it back to what you said like um, and i'm not too sure because i actually looked at my um my car uh my my s13 i don't own my s14 but your car is still jdm uh, especially if because I know that my S13 was made in Japan and then shipped over to the U.S. It's just, I'd say it's JDM U.S. spec, North American spec. Is is it not the same for the S14 or are they, uh, were they built here or like some other place no, other there than was, Japan? They
1: were, they were built in Japan as well. Uh, but then again, it had the uh, a 2.4 liter inline four. It's a truck motor. It, it came from a uh, Nissan Frontier back in the day. Right. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know
0: it was the frontier that it came from. Yeah, I didn't it's, know that.
1: Essentially, uh, it's, it was it, it built for trucks and low-end torque uh, mostly. And again, that was more for the American market, right? Or the North American market that the, it was made for. Um, I wish it came with the sr 20 DET that the, the GDM ones came with. I don't know. That would save us a lot of you know money and, and uh, a headache to uh, do the, to the swap.
0: <laughs> that's right? that's but, for sure.
1: <laughs> but yeah it was left hand drive uh you know you know 2.4 you know low revving uh high torque engine um so that was a, the, the guts and and the heart of the vehicle and it being usdm that wasn't jdm spec so um yes I mean, yeah you're right
0: you're right yeah so that's right. Why but I, that's it, why it was that's a bit it was a bit of japan yeah,
1: that's why I call it, a, it was a bit of
0: japanese a lot here <laughs>
1: No, of course, right. Yeah, the Nissan and the name as well. Two hundred and forty SX again. Two hundred and forty is for a two point four liter, right? In Japan it's that is that is true S fourteen a two hundred SX right because it's got a two liter SR twenty. Oh, engine. that that
0: that's actually the the Australian uh, yeah. name. Um it's the Sylvia.
1: Yeah, exactly two hundred SX right. So that's what it they know, it's the engine displacement there when they had the SR twenty det in there versus the two point four liter we had in uh, North America, which is why they call it two hundred and forty SX, right?
0: yeah no yeah hands, hands down hands down um so uh, my next question is uh if you were to like be able to talk to yourself your, your younger uh car enthusiast self um what advice or what what thing what what advice would you give to the, your younger jdm self
1: <laughs> my younger jdm self well um
0: Oh, it's probably going to end here. Let me just... Oh, it's still continuing. We're good. Continue. All right.
1: <laughs> well, we'll we'll see how long it goes for before it cuts off or not. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're going to get into the modification scene and the GDM scene, do it right the first time. You know what I mean? Save up enough to purchase the right parts for the right mod and do it right. Get it installed you know, uh, by someone who knows what they're doing or by by, by a professional. Uh, buy you know brand name uh, parts that you know are, are reliable and that will perform up to uh, to spec. Because um, I think we went through so many eBay parts, so many you know eBay uh, mods that uh, just crapped out over time and just weren't reliable but only only because of the price, you know. Um, so I would say do it right the first time, you know, and save the money that you can to purchase um, good and reliable parts. Because I think in the long run. It definitely will, will do the car justice and you know overall be a better uh process to to modifying your vehicle uh the way you want it to. Right?
0: Yeah. I hands down agree because uh and I, I I agree especially with the, the uh point that you meant that it'll save you a lot of headaches because if you buy it the right the first time, you'll actually enjoy the process of building your car and driving your car a lot more. You'll be able to actually drive your car and just enjoy that 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 whatever car and coffees tim hortons meets uh um 240 meets jdm meets whatever it may be that you want to do with your car even just take it to the track day you just just budgeting and making sure you do it right the first time as you said definitely allows you to enjoy the vehicle and the whole experience a lot more right
1: yeah for sure and especially with the um exhaust i remember i went through like how many different exhausts uh uh, piping and exhaust systems to get the right sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if I had known, you know, what I know now, I would have just bought a, a full cat-back, you know, header exhaust system that would have kind of, you know, saved me. I probably spent as much money, you know, getting custom exhaust, getting custom piping, custom mufflers and custom headers, everything just to get the sound I was looking for or to fix all the problems of the old ones that were were crapping out or rusting out. That i would have been able to, to buy a, a full header exhaust system you know catback um stainless steel you know maybe greddy or whatever it is that was uh, uh the best of the time um so i think that's one thing that if i could go back and redo i would definitely um invest in a, a brand name a full-length you know back header exhaust system uh to replace all the you know the the makeshift exhaust that I was buying and, and
0: trying to, <laughs> they, to make, the how you like to put it the eBay eBay um parts yeah exactly
1: <laughs> the, all the eBay mufflers uh, I was buying and eBay piping and the cane Tire piping I was buying and now going to uh, Zoro <laughs> muffler there on and uh, Dundas and uh, in Saga <laughs> oh yeah getting, I forgot about that getting thing. the exhaust systems put on or welded together whatever it is so um, yeah that's one thing that I think that's probably one of the areas I spent the most. Money. It's a tedious and a tedious time spent on uh, replacing and and changing out the exhaust systems each and every time.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, my next question is: We, uh, uh, I'm sure everyone wants to know this too. I, I think I know this because you've told me several times. I just always like a a recheck with you is: What is your favorite JDM car?
1: My favorite JDM car is that's 15 Sylvia still um i know it's not really um one that everybody's gonna pick that's part, part one reason why i like it um again it goes with the s chassis right s 13 the, the s14s and now the s15s i just like the way it looks i love the sr20 dt motor in it you know i love the the triple vents in the uh the center stack Look of it, just little things like that that make me love that car and want to um, own one one day, right? I I appreciate it Mm -hmm. for what it is. I love the rear taillights, how it kind of um, slopes up and has that nice aggressive uh, um, um, stance. And then obviously the front end, the most I would say it's probably one of the most um, coveted front ends. You see that conversion on any S14 or some S13s that we've we've always come in and seen. And known mm-hmm. and it's that iconic you know black housing projector clear clear lens headlight look and it has that menacing you know um, um look to it that you uh appreciate and you know right right away when you see one what it is right so
0: very very aggressive yeah, yeah that's the uh ichigo, the ichigo uh t- um headlights yeah. the strawberry t- uh headlights yeah they uh they they they're i remember back in the day when we we were had our zenkis um, they were they were more coveted than even kokis uh, because they were just it was just a, a, like you, you looked at a Koki uh, s14 and you're like oh that's aggressive but when you looked at a like a s14 or even if you had the opportunity to see an s15 Sylvia, mm-hmm. it, just, it just like it it just had a, a whole different vibe to it it it, it, it just as you mentioned the stance everything combined the, the body lines everything it just made it more a sought after vehicle or a sought after look yeah right
1: exactly you know and for the price difference that you would invest in an s15 front end conversion versus a, a cookie s14 front end conversion it's definitely worth it you know you might as well go the extra bit and get the s15 because that's going to add more mm-hmm. value to the car and um give it a presence that uh, that no one else uh, um We'll ever forget you know so that's why i think that's 15 is my personal GDM favorite car and i hope to own one one day if i get a house with a garage that can have multiple vehicles you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah you will bro I, I i have faith you will um to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> i actually you kind of caught me off guard because i thought um uh, it just given the track right i thought one of your favorite cars was going to be some sort of lexus because <laughs> i know you always talked about lexuses in the past
1: <laughs> no i love lexus cars now you know um yeah my ultimate dream car you know is the lexus lfa right mm-hmm. that's one car that i would want over anything <laughs> if given the opportunity to do so you know but then again i'd have to give up my you know giant manual driving uh, dreams if i were to do that because it has a single clutch 6 speed in it um but yeah the sound of it and the interior and the engine the v10 uh from a 4.8 liter yamaha tuned motor is, is um second to none it's probably the most the best sounding v10 of all time and one of the best built vehicles ever right so um, yeah so I guess if you're going to put it in that context that's my dream car overall but if we're talking about a GDM vehicle that's more attainable it's definitely the S15 Silvia I would say is uh, is the car that I would choose
0: okay great uh, just two more questions and, and uh, we'll kind of cut it off from there um, what and I'm sure everyone wants to know um, what uh, car do you own right now
1: Right well, now, I have a, a 2012 um, fourth-generation uh, Acura TL uh, with the Super Handling All-Wheel Drive. You know, um, how,
0: do you how do you find that? That's, That's an, awesome an awesome
1: car. Yeah, it's my first all-wheel-drive car, right? So it has the, the Super Handling All-Wheel Drive with the uh, the, the Acura Honda torque vectoring, uh, which is amazing. Actually, it's my first all-wheel-drive car, so I never really understood the uh, the all-wheel-drive craze until I got this one. You know because as we both were we're all you know front engine rear drive enthusiasts growing up with our s13 and FR. s14 and so forth and then after that i had the uh the g35 you know the the v35 chassis uh with the the vq motor and a six-speed manual right so mm-hmm. you know i was all about rear drive uh, up until that point and between the g35 and my current tl now i had you know, a bunch of front-wheel drive Acura, you know, ELs five-speed manual, the Acura TSX six-speed manual, all right, with the two-point-four, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, VTEC motor. But this is the first all-wheel drive mm-hmm. vehicle that I've had, and I gotta say, I-, I love it, man. This is, this is my everyday dream car. You know what I mean? This is the car that I wanted for years. I was looking, at, I was looking at it before I got it in 2018. I was looking at it for like two years. To find the one with low kilometers, good uh, condition, and uh, with that 3.7 liter uh, V6 with 6-speed manual and the super handling all-wheel drive, you know. So it was hard to find that one, mm-hmm. and then when I found it, I had to I had to buy it like instantly, then, right away. Um, but since I got it, man, I I love driving it. To be honest, that super handling all-wheel drive and all-weather traction, it's it's incredible. You know even in snow and wet and rain, it's it handles like a dream. and the sixty manual is sputterly smooth. you know, it never grinds gears. Mm-hmm. Every gear is uh, short shifted and and, uh, and it goes into Geary so easily. um that v six is is smooth. It pulls hard and it's got uh, a lot of uh, um, you know enough torque, I would say, to uh, to pull you out of corners and pull you through uh, twisties, you know so um Mm
0: -hmm. no they're they're actually a very sought after platform bro um i've seen it even on best motoring um they people like a lot of uh aftermarket tuners uh they and tuning shops they actually uh they use that platform quite a bit so honestly um i have to applaud you man because um just even hearing that you had to look at it for two years you're very i i I, you have a very uh good quality in terms of patience (laughs) because it's one of the things that sometimes i I uh, need to work on, especially with cars, because sometimes I jump the gun. I've done it many times, even with this car that I have now. I, I still love my car, but um, uh, honestly, for you to look at it two years, uh, that's some patience, man. You lo- you always hold out for just the right one, and, and you, you definitely need to uh, get the get, – uh, you deserve the credit for that, yeah, man, honestly. Lot, man. Thanks and thanks I, I'm, I'm happy to, to- – to actually also be a part of the all-wheel drive crew as well, because it, it seems to be the trend over our, our friendship that you I, I kind of follow suit when I see you make a good decision. I'm like, okay, that, that looks like something I want to do. So <laughs> you have the the TL, and now I grab the all-wheel drive WRX. So it seems that 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 uh, that's our our uh, pattern of things, yeah, right? For
1: sure, man. <laughs> and congrats to you on getting the, uh, the WRX as well. I know that was a uh, that was a good purchase there for your part and uh, right, thanks, man. remember I yeah, we drive it there when we went to uh, right drive, it was a good experience. That was my first time driving, um, you know, a, that generation WRX, right? So it was, it was great to feel the, the, the power from the two liter um, and the six-speed manual so, and the all-wheel drive. So it was a good mm-hmm. comparison to what I drive now versus a different variation of, of uh, a similar type of vehicle, you know, a four-door sedan with all-wheel drive and uh, a six-speed manual. Right, so um, that was a, that's a great car you have too. I'm I'm proud I'm proud that you're able to get that one, and um, I know it's a springboard to your next one there, which is you know a GTR. So I hope to uh, to be there as well when you get that vehicle when that when the time comes oh, up soon. Oh, hands
0: down, man, you're you're definitely being there, bro. You got you one of my best friends, bro. You're always gonna be around. <laughs> We're brothers for life. JDM brothers for, for life. Sure, man,
1: I definitely agree with that, bro. You're definitely a brother for life with
0: me. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> um last question man honestly um what if you were to kind of just put it in simple terms what is like um, JDM JDM lifestyle JDM life mean to you it's a
1: culture right it's a culture that only the ones that are in it will ever appreciate you know um, it's a camaraderie that that brings everybody together who who has the same passion you know, the same outlook the same enthusiasm you know they call us enthusiasts right so um i love how we're able to talk about it and not just talk about it we get into it you know we get passionate about it we reminisce about um you know the cars that we wanted and we we talk about the cars that we want and it's always in the same lines you know it's always based on the cars that we grew up on the cars that we've always revered and and lust over you know cars that we've seen in movies and and in um uh, TV shows and videos, you know, like Best Motoring and and um, anything that the DK, the Drift King, you know, Kaichi Tsuchiya had driven right or drifted, you know. So, uh, so video games, video especially, too. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, Gran Turismo had a big impact on that. Same with uh, you know the Fast and Furious movie, you know that those
0: Midnight Club on yeah, PS2, that, you know, Underground,
1: <laughs> uh, um, Need for Speed, all those games just put into forefront uh, the GDM cars that we always. Dreamt about it, but never could really drive at the time or own until probably now. So those cars um, mm-hmm. and the scene, the GDM scene, um, you know, it's something that I always want to be a part of, and that's why I appreciate you doing these kind of things. You know, you're keeping the GDM scene uh, going, especially in, in in Canada, where it's not as prominent as it was before. You know, I think it's still strong in in some other parts of North America, most likely probably SoCal or especially obviously Japan is, is still their their scene right but are you doing this mm-hmm. kind of stuff? keeping the community together and keeping the community um, you know focused on on um, what the GDM culture is about and what it's where it's going you know it's, it's nice to see that uh, someone like yourself is is putting you know effort and time into something that uh, once was such a, a thriving uh, you know community you know
0: no i, did appreciate, that. No, I did appreciate that man honestly like yeah it's um everything you said and more uh is exactly something that resonates with me uh, I, I i love doing this because it it literally is something i'm passionate about if i didn't if we, we did work together but if i didn't get very passionate about cars and stuff like that uh, around like on, on, on the automotive industry and jdm and everything to do with, you know, just um, mechanical engineering of, of, of our of automotive vehicles in the Japanese scene, it, it wouldn't have brought us as close together as we have over the years, right? Um, and, I, I, and I'm forever grateful for that. I'm forever grateful for the fact that, you know, you had and purchased uh, your S14s uh, and, let me, and and for the fact that you even taught me how to drive manual before I bought my first uh, RPS 13 240SX. Um, it, it, it just it made life that much more enjoyable. And I'm, I'm forever grateful to have you as a friend and to continue our friendship and to continue our quote unquote, other than uh, our, our other things that we like to enjoy in our life, but our quote unquote JDM lifestyle. Yeah, I agree
1: with that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something that brought us closer together and, and kind of um, you know put our friendship in the forefront uh, with our interests and our passion for, for cars and the JDM life. So. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, we 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 got into it as well together, and I think it wouldn't have been as um, you know appreciated or as uh, as fun to do it without anyone else like yourself, right? So I uh, I can't wait for us to both have GDM cars again one day, you know, where we can both share ideas and and um, you know just drive each other's cars like we did before, you know. It's, it's always a fun part about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Too. Yeah, we'll do that soon, man, for sure. And um, hopefully, um, we can have you back on the podcast again. Uh, just to, uh, we'll we'll find something to do, uh, talk about because there's always something to talk about. JDM like a car like, um, and um, hopefully, with my uh, YouTube channel, um, we can get together and we can do a, like a very short review of your car, and uh, just like get some actual footage for people who are interested and just like to know your perspective yeah, on for things.
1: sure. I'm always uh, down to, uh, you know, join your podcast. Uh, it's always interesting and fun to be part of anything like this. So, you know, Locked and Loaded GDM here. It's a great experience so far. So thanks for having me on and
0: You still there, Mike? Hello? Okay. I'm f- Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And if you have any suggestions or anything you'd like to hear on this podcast, uh, send me a message on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram Uh, name is Clay underscore jdm it's a publicly open page Uh, you can view my page check it out and the interesting pictures i have um and uh yeah as i said shoot me a message and um if there's anything that you know you want to hear let me know thanks